episode 10 of hometown glory your spurs and culture podcast i'm charlie my blood pressure has come down to something just outside phone for an ambulance and i'm delighted to be in the company of sam and tom and a special guest making her hometown glory debut one of our favorite twitter follows okay. kate Storsfed. hey kate thank you so hey. much for joining um yeah, thanks so much for having me not at all. We were very impressed with your willingness to make your first appearance um, just after a North London derby at the Emirates, considering the mood you might have found you might have uh, sort of found us all in. But instead, your boldness has paid dividends because we're all in sort of pretty pretty amazing moods. So well done. I think like I did not go into this game as nervous as so many other people did. Like I was going to take whatever happened as like this is what we're going to build on. And so I'm pleased with how things work. Good. Well, that is the right attitude, clearly. Uh, the rest of us, I'm not so convinced we're as um, level-headed. Um, but anyway, we're going to dive into that in a little bit. Tonight, we will be, of course, talking about a chaotic draw at the Emirates, giving our winners and losers from the derby. Um, Kate will give us her Coy's origin story. We'll be looking ahead to a mouth-watering home game next weekend versus a high-flying Liverpool and of course, giving out some culture picks. Um, but first, to a breathless Emirates, where Arsenal will be packing up their very underwhelming London is Red Tifo, knowing just how legit and Postacoglu is. Um, firstly, we've established that Kate's basically fine. She's like super zen. Um, but are we all okay? That was a lot, right? I mean, we were talking just before we hit record and like, I, I mean, to my mind, at least, that was a bit more stressful than like the last few trips to the Emirates. Tom, is that fair? Were you a bit more um, kind of all over the place than normal? Well, I um, I went away for the weekend to the Essex Riviera, the uh, uh, Frinton on Sea. We, it was my mum's 60th birthday, so my brother, my siblings, all of us were in this house for a weekend, drinking lots of wine. Um, and I was like, as well as the emotion of the family events, I was extremely hungover today. Um, so sort of rushing, taking my kids to the beach for half an hour and then rushing back to watch the game and watching it with my dad. Um, yeah, it was pretty stressful. And the uh, last 20 minutes, I realised I was actually physically shaking for sort of the, <laughs> physically. The, yeah, the, the sort of 10 minutes of injury time and the, and the, the from a sort of 80 minutes. Um, yeah. And I think I was partly the hangover, partly the sort of many beers and drinks that I drank yesterday. Uh, and yeah, partly, partly the, the nerves. And also just, I just want to shout out the guy that I sit with at Spurs, Linton. It's his 40th. It was my mum's 60th on Friday. It's his 40th birthday tomorrow. And he would have had a terrible 40th birthday if things had gone badly today. He's, we've got so many Arsenal mates. He's got so many Arsenal mates who would have given him so much grief if we'd lost. So I'm really glad that like he can just be you know, enjoy his 40th birthday now. Uh, but yeah, it was it was a nerve wracking one. Um, but yeah, what what a result. So, so confident. And uh, yeah, just the yeah, biggest result so far under and really, wasn't it? Even if it was a draw. Um, 
it does kind of feel like a win. I think maybe because I was so com- I was shame shameful as it is. I think I was quite convinced we were going to lose, um, but we didn't, and therefore I'm over the moon. Sam, you watched it at the Fighting Cock Social, um, so in about as intense a sort of coisy environment as you could get, sort of outside the away end at the Emirates. How was it? Yeah, it was really good. Um, I I feel like I was the opposite. Like I was cool as a cucumber up until sort of 10 a.m. this morning where it all hit me like a ton of bricks. And I was like, what am I doing? Why am I going to a pub to watch this? I need to be behind the sofa um, or taking Rose's approach and not watching it all. Um, and yeah, I like I made multiple mistakes as part of my routine this morning, which was not eating breakfast, drinking about a liter of coffee, going to where the, the pub was, having another coffee. And um, yeah, just like showing up at, 11 a.m. hours before kickoff and yeah just starting to drink because it was way too early and I didn't know what to do with myself and it was all just really really stressful um <laughs> so it was it was a bizarre time um I had like my my little Garmin watch buzzing at me telling me I had an abnormal heart rate like the entire game which was really unsettling on top <laughs> of what I was watching um so yeah I'm, I'm still sort of on a little bit of an adrenaline come down now. that's because you've had like six pints of coffee 22 lagers and no lunch by the sounds of it how else are you meant to to do an offline derby right just <laughs> high stakes um and kate you kind of have and i'm i'm always intrigued to know what the um and i've done it a bit i've sort of spent a decent amount of time in the states and got up ridiculously early to watch spurs over the years how is it kind of getting it out of the way in the morning because I must admit that was always the thing that sort of in some ways appeals to me just like you wake up it's on you deal with whatever it throws at you you can get on with your life but did you wake up this morning kind of like oh shit I've got to do this like first thing in the morning it's like no I I woke up I think I woke up at like 7 30 this morning um and what time is kickoff with you eight oh wow I, I, I was really disappointed um like, I don't mind getting up early, but I get up early every day of the week for school, like at absurd times. So I was like hoping I could sleep in today. But I got up at 730. The starting 11 was already posted. So like, I don't even have to like worry about waiting for that. Um, I didn't get out of bed until like five minutes after kickoff. And so I like, that's always really stressful because I always do that. Like with all of the early games is like, I never actually like wake up right on time for kickoff. Like I spend more time in bed. So it's always like in recent years, it's been like, okay, how early are we going to concede? And like, I'm going to turn it on and it's going to be like one nil down. Um, but no, today was pretty chill for as like stressful as it could have been. Um, yeah, I just wake up and I turn the TV on and it's pretty easy. I That kind of appeals to me in a way, like just having that, I don't know, just sort of ease of like Spurs as breakfast TV is kind of yeah. insane in some ways, but I can also imagine, I don't know. I mean, Sam, you would have to drink a lot of coffee very quickly. It sounds like to, to be ready. That'd be hard. Yeah. I mean, like, like I, that's what I grew up with in Australia, but it was, yeah. it was like way earlier than that. So it was like either in the middle of the night or like, yeah, as the sun's coming up first thing in the morning. So um, yeah, I, I, I know how that feels, Kate. And yeah, it's fair, fair play to you, mate. It's it's not easy. 
I've got uh, an Aussie mate, Pete, and he listens to our podcast. He listens to all the podcasts. He gets so he he lives in Australia and he it consumes all Spurs content from Australia. And he was texting earlier saying that it was 1.30 after the game, it was 1.30 a.m. and he couldn't sleep because oh the adrenaline, adrenaline was still sort of rushing through him because he'd enjoyed the game so much. So, yeah, he's either watching them, the evening games, sometimes he's up at like 5, 6 a.m. or, yeah, he's watching them late at night, which on a Friday or Saturday night sounds is, is obviously on a Saturday, yeah, on the weekend is a lot of fun. But, yeah, he couldn't sleep tonight anyway. I swear if I wasn't always... football, I'd be an astronaut because I would have absolutely smashed school. But I was I was doing school off about 50% sleep as a result of football. It's my excuse anyway. And I suppose, Kate, have you you've like never watched Spurs, I imagine, because I know you've not been to London to watch a live no. game yet. That's hopefully no, I've never soon. Seen them. But you've never seen them like at night, I imagine. It's no. just always been like a pre-lunch activity. Yeah. Oh, like and I guess like I can kind of explain this more like when I answer like the questions and whatnot later. But like I always, to me, like the Premier League is like Saturday and Sunday morning. I'm in my pajamas, and like my parents are making breakfast, and I'm sitting on the couch. Like that's what it is to me. See, that sounds more relaxing. It sounds lovely. And like I definitely, it's the downside about it is that like it ruins your day if right, okay, things go wrong. And mm. I take that to the extreme to where my parents are like. Kate, like you cannot let this upset you like this. But recently, it's been good, and I've <laughs> been happy days. I've had like but... seven weeks of yeah, yeah, kind of good mood on a Saturday, Kate. But so that's that's year, good. Last year was bad. It was people didn't want to be around me after games. So we don't need to dwell on that. We had yeah. hours and hours of podcast time dwelling on on that. We don't need to uh, to sort of spend our life worrying about that when there's so much good stuff to concern ourselves with. Um, and let's dive in because I want to go through the winners and losers from this game. Um, so I want a winner from you each. Um, Sam, you can go first. Who is your winner from this one? Um, my winner is... Hard to pick one, I know. It really is. I think, like, I wanted to go... I was, like, running through the team sheet, but I think it's probably... The winner for me is Angeball, Um, because... Yeah, like we've all watched us go to that swamp and not play football and like sit back and play with fear and try and ride out a, a draw and, and just pick up scraps here and there. But it was so, so good today to see us actually try and play some football. And, and you know, like we made mistakes, but we didn't drop our heads. Um, we We picked ourselves up immediately after both goals and and we attacked and we had them on the ropes um so it was it was so encouraging to see after what like six games into this little project that um you know that's they're, they're miles ahead of us in terms of you know the money that they've spent and um how how long Arteta's has had with that squad that he that's like all that money's been spent by him it's not it's not like Ange coming in picking up mm. that's been spent under Mourinho or or Conte um so for for us in six games to go out in in the hardest ground, sort of maybe in Europe, other than um, the Etihad, um, to to really take it to them and and play without fear, I think that was that was pretty unreal. So I'm super proud of all of them for just yeah just dropping all the fear that I feel like we've always carried with us over the last few few years. Yeah. Wasn't it nice to to be reminded watching Arteta and his like 
his touchline nonsense where he's just always like prancing out of his box and he's just jumping up and down and it's just all about him. I I loved, I adored seeing Angie's celebrations for both goals, which was just the like the nail signature, just like arm raised for like two seconds and then arm down and then he's back to just like organizing the back four again. And to have such a grown-up who is so happy for it, like to never be about him. It's just about everyone but him versus Arteta, who is the polar opposite, I think, in every single way, just left me feeling pretty warm and fuzzy about who we have versus who they have to protect. And we were saying on the last podcast, like the the like the gymnastics that Arsenal fans right now have to sort of perform in order to like, I'm sure, convince themselves that this guy is not just like a huge asshole. Like they need to just stop lying to themselves. Like it's psycho. okay, guys. Yeah, he's a psycho. He's a sociopath. <laughs> Absolute psycho. He's such a weirdo. I shouted multiple times at, at the TV, get back in your box. Because why is he running down the line to like get the ball for his players and stuff? Why Why isn't the like, managers have been carded for much less this season, right? Yeah, like Deserby got like booked in what, like four straight games for stuff that Arteta does like 15 times a match. I don't understand. I also but, um... don't remember him being that kind of player. He's just become like this B-Tech Guardiola that like needs, yeah, like you said, for it all to be about him. And he just looks like this petulant child the entire game. Um, Wasn't he quite, I didn't really catch much of the post-match interview stuff apart from sort of reading quotes online, but was he quite complimentary to Ange and Spurs afterwards? Did I see? Anyone watches it? I haven't interview? seen anything yet. No. I no, I think he did um he did say nice things about the energy that we were playing with and and how Andrew had done a good job so far. I think he was then asked, like, you know, what are our long-term prospects? And he said it was too early to judge after six games. So there was a kind of there was a double edge to what he was saying, but you know, at the same time, fair play, like, you know, he was right, he's right about it being we, we are six games in, so but yeah, he's on the touchline. Like he's the most annoying manager in the league, isn't he? Maybe Klopp runs him runs him close, but that's about it. Is it? I he's mean, he's just he's just unhinged. Like him and Klopp, and I. My dad thinks Klopp's like really funny on the touchline, but I just it's over the top and it's annoying and just unhinged, and I don't like it. I was trying to t- sort of tally in my brain because you know I was probably a Conte sort of apologist for far longer than I ended up sort of should have I I should have given up that a long time before I did and I I guess we sort of enjoyed the whole like you know constantly jumping up and down like a crazy person and the Tuchel stuff was fun to get behind and all the -the over-the-top sort of celebrations like is it the case that just when one of these characters is managing your club that you just look past it but or should we be more discerning what do you reckon I think Klopp's got like way more redeemable features than Arteta. And I'm not sure if that's because I hate Arsenal with every fiber of my existence or <laughs> it's it's actually an honest judgment. But yeah, I think Klopp, I think Klopp, if he's your manager, you can really get around it. And mm. it feels like way more genuine, like his connection with the fans. Whereas Arteta's, for me, it, it feels like really plastic and um, yeah, not not real. Um, he just feels like a little Lego man that needs it for it to all be about him. <laughs> I feel like um, at least Klopp can back it up with like accolades. Yeah, yeah. 
it will haunt me to my dying day that Arteta won that FA Cup in his first season, which I sort of forget sometimes. Um, and maybe I should just forget it because it was one of the COVID ones, wasn't it? Where there were like no fans. Does that does that even really exist? Probably not. Um, okay, Sam, you have picked Ange Ball. It's quite a bold opener for our winners. Um, Kate, who's your winner? My winner, and this might be, I don't know if it's, good or not i think romero is my winner um wow. okay you've the, picked dis- you've picked someone that's got an own goal and conceded yeah. a penalty okay a bold um, first winner on your first despite, appearance despite the two obvious mistakes i think so many other players would just like shut down like mm. instantly and he didn't and like then i'm thinking like okay if he gets a yellow early in the game like you don't take you can't take him off like who do you have to replace him? And I feel like he knows that too. And he showed up the rest of the game and he put the mistakes behind him. And I think that's all you can ask of him. Um, so yeah, he's probably my winner. There were a couple of things late on, weren't there, where I was like, wow, how has he not been sent, sent off? Like it's it's crazy because he didn't get a yellow for the, the handball, no. right? Which I, this is again why I, that, I just don't I begin to even understand, like, when do you get a card How or can not? you give a penalty but not give a yellow? With your hands. Like, denied a goal scoring opportunity with his But hand. I think it was like the intent. Right. Is what oh, I would understand it to be. And by the way, did everyone, know. is everyone sort of, um, I was using the word happy as a stupid word to use, but was it a penalty, do we think? I don't think so. Like, how else? I think Neville, Gary Neville on the commentary here was saying that. It wasn't a penalty. I mean, he's a defender, so he kind of would say that. But if you look at where it actually hit, where his arm was in, to, to his body when the ball hit him, it wasn't that high, actually. His arm had gone up and then was coming down as the as the ball hit him. You know, how else do you jump in, mm. in the box? I don't know. And it was hit at him from, like, less than a yard. Never mind well, that right? it, it took them so long to decide, mm. like with the, the, you know, two different refs took forever to decide. Um, so I don't think it was, but you know, if it wasn't, if it was the other way around, we'd probably be furious if it wasn't given. I was like 45 yeah. seconds behind or something. And I think we had scored by the time um, <laughs> I had watched Arsenal score the penalty, which was very confusing to try and understand the text messages that I was getting in at in that minute and a half. Um, but ultimately, an incredible 90 seconds. Um, Sam, I think I interrupted you. Uh, no, I was just saying, like, it, I think it even, from what I saw, that it looked like it took like a little bit of def- deflection as well um, onto Romero's hand and, you know, like less than a metre away. It's one of, the, one of those things like Tom, Tom was saying that if, you know, if you're a defender, you're livid that it's given, but... Mm. Uh, yeah, if it was against, if it was the other way around, you'd be screaming bloody murder for a penalty. So I understand why it was given, but it just it blows my mind that it takes, yeah, the, the people that are running our game um, like that long to to decide whether it's a penalty or not. It either is or it isn't. Like they need to figure it out. I think. Do you know what it reminded me of? Remember the wild three-two at Man City a couple of seasons ago, where Romero conceded the penalty and with done so well it looked like we were going to hold on for a victory and then the penalty went away and then we got the other ends right at the end of the game and, and score the winner it was a similar vibe there where uh yeah like tough penalties can see but the team I was going to say bail him out they didn't bail him out because Kate's right Romero led mm. in that game and 
I mean, my only surprise, Kate, is that you didn't choose his um, his central oh. defense partner. Um, as I know, Mickey's a big uh, a big fave. Yeah, I love that guy. Like, if James Madison wasn't in the picture, he'd be the signing of the summer, no doubt. But yeah, I just I'm trying to be like a logical and like I'm trying to think things through more like thoughtfully. <laughs> and I know, like, I agree that like when you go down as a defender. Um, I played defense when I played like you can't have your arms like straight to your side when you m- try to make a tackle or jump or whatever he was doing. And so it is unreasonable, but that that's like expected to be a handball. But I understand that like, I feel like they would typically say that's a handball for most teams. So mm. there's not much to like, I don't know. I, and like you guys said, if it was given to the, the other way around, like I'd be livid. Yeah. What's the phrase? The, the, like the way Romero plays, it's like a high wire act, right? Like it's it, the intensity is insane. He's a, like he's the reason he's such a good centre back is his aggression, right? And that then he gets a red every kind of I don't know fifteen games or something every ten to fifteen games. But yeah, also shout to Mickey because he was just quietly excellent at everything today, wasn't he? I cannot. I mean, you guys know how I feel about Jan Bertoni, so and I can't. I can't just not watch him now and feel like I'm watching like Jan 2.0, just the way that he sort of strides out that kind of lovely gallop. And it's just, everything is just, Oh, he's just such a like luxury footballer. I just adore him. Cannot, like I'm stunned that we got him so easily, like in a world in which like left footed center backs seem to be like kind of unicorns. Like how did we just have a complete free run at him? It's mad to me, but because, yeah, he's like, what, 22, 23? It's insane. Um, yeah, love those two. I love what kind of um, sort of weird, like, buddy cop kind of opposites relationship that he and Romero have, like, two polar opposite dudes, but it's working perfectly. Love them, love them, love them. Um, cool. All right. Kate has picked Romero. Tom, leaves you plenty still to go from. Who? What are you going to pick? Well, th- uh, this seems weird because... We Madison got two assists, Son got two goals, um, Kate picked a centre-back, and I'm going to mention Vicario, I think, because he... I was so, so worried. We've got such a bad record of buying keepers. Larice for all that he's been terrible the past couple of... Past, especially last season, let's be honest. Um, Larice has been with us for so long. He's, you know, he's, he was our captain. He's France's... Number one, one of the was one of the best keepers in the world. We were really lucky to have him for so long. And then we bought Joe Hart, Gazaniga, a succession of quite terrible keepers. Galini, let's uh, not forget Galini. his countrymen. Yeah, so we had such a bad record at buying keepers. You know, when we, we bought Vicario, I hadn't heard of him. I don't think a lot of Spurs fans had. And he was so, so good again today, wasn't he? He's so confident and... You know, when you've got that back line that aren't actually that used to playing with each other at all, right? Those defenders just, Poro, Adogi, we were told, couldn't play as left back and right back and they were wing backs. Mickey and, and Romero, I mean, Romero had a hit and miss season last season. The pair of them forming a partnership. Like they need someone confident behind them. And he's been absolutely brilliant. Like He just inspires confidence in the rest of the team, I think. And he's mouthy. And yeah, a couple of those saves today were absolutely brilliant, I thought. I feel they really downplayed how good that 
save in the first half from um, Jesus was like that was like a very very high level of difficulty. Um, it was really think, really good. Yeah, um, and like I just like my sort of um, like there's nothing sexier to me than like a goalkeeper just claiming a cross when you've been under the cosh for like what seems like an endless endless fucking barrage. Well- corners that, and that I, last I mean, that last period how we they had eight or nine corners or something like i think they ended with having had 10 or 11 corners it was something it's something crazy also just uh, an aside on vicario is that uh he's lucky he's, he didn't break his leg because yeah. that enketia challenge like that was a red that's a red anywhere else on the pitch that's a red it wasn't even looked at it's insane if, it an out, if you did that to an outfield player it's it's a straight red surely if it's romero um, he's gone 100 percent. Yeah. Um, and also um Vicario's mum and dad were, were in the away end, which is just absolutely adorable. So and apparently cute. they were like joining in the songs and And he's also um, very young as well. Again, not Yeah, I think he's like twenty six. So yeah, young very young for a keeper. For a keeper on the keep on the sort of keeper thing is you usually want someone sort of like older and more experienced, and we bought a relatively inexperienced keeper. And yeah, I I love him. I think he's so good. It was particularly gratifying because obviously he was up against um, the guy that most of us presumed we would be signing to replace Larice and David Rea. Thoughts on Rea's performance, uh, Sam? How did you rate him today? Uh, I don't know. That was like a lot of not a lot, but I felt like there was a few really wayward kicks. Mm. Didn't have any. There was obviously the uh, the Brennan Johnson one that he saved off the line, which was was pretty impressive. But I think, yeah, sort of if Brennan connects with that a little sweeter, then, yeah, it's a goal. I think he was a little bit lucky, but, yeah, it's a good save. I think, like, I, at the end of the day, I'm so stoked that we've got Vicario. I think he's incredible and he, he gets it. He's fully coys. So are his parents now. So I'm fully invested. Um, Kate, he's just like a, yeah, as Sam said, like a much more coys character for Vicario than Raya. Like there's something off about Raya that I don't really dig. I, the... I'm all about vibes and like judging people based on their vibes. And I do not approve of anything Raya does. Um, <laughs> he's just kind of creepy to me. Um, and this is also me just being like a 22 year old girl. And so like, if I think a guy's creepy, like it doesn't matter who he is. It's like, over. I didn't want to sign him. Um, Vicario <laughs> is hilarious. What's, what's, what's creepy about him? I don't just, just his a... presence. Okay. Like, I don't know how to explain it. Um, from the other but, side of the world you just feel it yeah, yeah it's just wrong like I would cross the street if like we were gonna like pass ways at night um, but Vicario on the other hand like he is such a character and that means the world to me and I think so there's I watch like a lot of hockey and there's a big thing with like hockey keepers or goalies like they're always like just insane like have the weirdest like routines or whatever they're just like the weirdest people on the ice and I think Vicario's like right along there with like just being such a strange guy but he's so <laughs> fully Tottenham like he's just great and I think his grandmother was there too today which oh, was wow. super sweet um but that yeah, could have killed her that game could have <laughs> killed like Nana Vicario yeah <laughs> um but maybe they're more confident they know him better they know that he's that good right so they're not they're not stressing the slightest and it's just so exciting because, like, you know, this was this was 
we were saying on the last pod, like this was the game I was really worried for him because, you know, we talked about, well, you know, not really been tested massively. Like he's not really been in this sort of fiery pit of hell kind of away atmosphere. Like we kind of got today or were expecting to get. And he came through and, you know, you, you would imagine he's just going to get better and better. Um, you know, with keepers, it feels like, you know, you have to sort of suck it up in the first five or six games as they get used to the league. But he's just, um, he just gets better each match. And yeah, like almost sort of seems to have like captain. Not that I necessarily, I don't really ever want another goalkeeper captain because I think I've had my fill of that. But like, just seems to be a real like vibesman in the place. And much like lots of them, I suppose. But I, I, I dig what he's bringing to the squad. He seems like such a good presence. Um Okay, so yeah, as Tom said, we've just picked, we've ignored uh, our captain who scored his 150th Spurs goal in the North London derby. We've uh, we've ignored James Madison, who, oh, did you guys hear his Spurs TV interview afterwards? I, like, Saka's I love that. such a donut, isn't he? Sorry, <laughs> he's such a little dweeb, Saka. I know, like, he's like the ni- nice boy that we've got to like, but... Stealing someone else, stealing your like England teammate, twice. like celebration twice. twice, and then sorry, but our second goal was on Saka because they were clearly their heads had like got distracted by the celebrations for that second goal. They we they they scored an own goal and then a penalty. Okay, well done, Saka. You got you scored a penalty, and the celebrations were like he'd just won the World Cup. Yeah, they were like ninety like ninety eighth minute goal celebration. Yeah. Like, you don't go also like. How did he not? I mean, this is like a very minor thing, but like, why is he not getting booked? He's like gone into the crowd. That's supposed to be like an instant yellow. But yeah, just absolutely. It went on on for so long, those celebrations. So I was like, like you said, I didn't. It was kind of a blur when we then scored literally Mm. 30 seconds from like after kickoff. But um, I think surely they, they, they were just distracted by... I, it was what minute was that? Like fifty something minute, yeah. right? If that, you like, yeah, you yeah. haven't won in the last minute. You haven't won the FA Cup. You haven't won the World Cup. Like celebrating like that, it was crazy. And um, yeah, that comment that Madison made about him still in celebration was so good. You could tell he was like really pissed off as well, and like you know they'd clearly had sort of words. It sounded like over the international break, um, which. I don't know, like, I'm deeply intrigued by because, yeah, Saka's supposed to be everyone's, like, favourite human being and Madison seems like such a sort of upbeat character that it clearly kind of descended into the two of them, like, taking shots at each other is, like, that's what I live for. I love this shit. This is, like, give me more. I want, like, 5,000 words on The Athletic about this, like, on my desk by tomorrow morning. Um, we need We need more on this. And also, and I think I am going to pick Madison as my winner because I think he sort of captures the whole ethos of Ange Ball in that, you know, it felt like the second he made that mistake that uh, let in Jesus, who should have scored to make it 2-0, he just decided, like, I'm going to take this game over now. Like, I'm going to grab it by the scruff of the neck and whatever it takes, I'm going to get Tottenham back into this. And he did. And then he did again in the second half. And I loved what he said afterwards about, you know, I've heard a lot of talk about this whole Spursy thing, about what a soft touch this club's supposed to be. And, you know, I'm not having it. And 
I think we're showing, you know, game after game now that that isn't this group. That's not what we're about. And I was sort of like, you know, I thought to myself, we just, we needed players like that just to sort of stick up for us, like as a club and stick up for us as fans. And I know like, you know, we do do stupid things and we are a ridiculous institution that does deserve an awful lot of uh, laughter that comes our way. But it's kind of like a self-fulfilling prophecy a lot of the time, isn't it? And I feel like if you get people like Madison that challenge that and that can actually back it up with ability and, you know, the confidence and the sort of balls to do these things, then all the better. But I just, and I'm still just stunned by what my opinion of him was pre-signing for Tottenham versus now, like I would sort of lay down my life for this sort of strange little like Midlands pixie man. Like I just cannot believe what a complete U-turn. Am I alone? Like Kate, how did you feel about Madison before you signed him? I did not want him one bit. I didn't even want him. I did not like him. Like I did not want him on my team. I, I had this connotation. So I like refer to like Chelsea as like boy band FC. And I like grouped him in with like Ben Chilwell, Mason Mount. I grouped him in with like all of those characters, um, which who I didn't don't like, because like, this is super like eternal misogyny here, but like, um, like all these girls like him and like, Oh, like Chelsea, Oh, like Ben Chilwell. I don't. And I'm like, okay, obviously you can like players if they're cute. I don't care. But Chelsea, like, I'm just biased here. Don't like Chelsea. And so for some reason, I think like his Instagram presence and stuff, I always like grouped James Madison in with them. And so I was like, Oh, just like bad vibes. I don't like it. But I mean, he's totally, he's been here for three months and he cares more about this club than players who have been here for 10 years. And like, we need that so badly. Mm. I I was just, I was just going to say in the comments uh, of some of the sort of shit posting after the game, I noticed Arsenal fans saying like we could have got Madison. I mean, it's absurd that there was no bidding war for him actually. When you look at his goals and assists for Mm. Leicester and there are, and, and yet how much did they spend on Havertz? It was sort of double double the money to get Havertz. I was terrified. And I think was I said useless. this too. When he, he was came terrible. on today, he was useless. So, I think so I said bad. this. I think and I he said was awful this at to... Chelsea too. Yeah, so. like for two, three... Se- I mean, I know he scored a winner in a Champions League final that, you know, can dine, dine out on that all you like, Kai, but you've been bad. And I think I, I, think I said to Kate uh, when he came on, I was like, oh no... This is like when he redeems himself and the whole fucking story switches. But he was atrocious, like so awful. Like that chance that he just like skied sort of miles over the bar sums up what a completely like ineffectual presence he is. How much was he? Like 68 million or something. Just like two, almost two Madisons. Insane. Like they're already like not starting him in big games. So feels like that's only going one way and I'm delighted. By the way, what was up with Rice? Did he get injured? Half injury is what I heard, but he didn't seem to have any. I don't know. I heard yep. calf injury. It did not look like anything was wrong with him. I think the commentators yeah. said he had an ice pack on his calf um, okay. on the bench in the, in the second half, but maybe it was a it was a knock. It was funny, wasn't it? When as soon as Havertz and uh, Jorginho came on, I know that they went ahead again but they just looked so much more ordinary and it was like oh yeah they aren't actually as scary as maybe we've been sort of building them up as um when o- Odegaard did nothing either yeah they're, they're obsessed with Odegaard and he did he was awful 
Yeah, my Arsenal, an Arsenal mate said that was the worst game he's ever had for them, apparently. I mean, a, a, a second on Arsenal, because I think, like I said, we were all, most of us were at least, kind of building them up as this, you know, fearsome monster that we would have no chance against. But um, they weren't that great, were they? Like, And I know Arsenal fans have re- seem really pissed off that they kind of, in their eyes, didn't show up and didn't do the sort of basics that they normally do well, particularly well. But, um, you know... As we've said, they scored a sort of ridiculous own goal that I think if Romero swings his leg 2,000 more times, it wouldn't fly into the net like it did. And a pretty pretty rough um, penalty decision as well. They didn't really... I know we've spoken about that Jesus chance, Udogi kind of let in Nketiah, was it, in the first half for a kind of one-on-one, but from a tight angle that uh, Vicario say pretty well. Didn't really, like do much else. they didn't kind of get in particularly did they like it makes me feel a little bit better that perhaps they're not going to challenge City maybe as closely as they did last season Sam like they were they were okay but they weren't terrifying yeah I felt pretty good today like when when, when the teams came out seeing that obviously like Martinelli was out and, and Trossard yeah Trossard, like, I suppose that, that those two are pretty huge so that was 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 good that that they were they were missing out because I, I like Inketia or or Jesus on the left didn't really seem to feel that comfortable. Obviously, both want to play mm. through. Um, but no, like they they didn't seem like a team that's going to go all the way this season. Um, and I, I haven't looked at any of the the stats afterwards, but I feel like we um we probably had less chances, but I feel like we had the better chances and we looked way more dangerous. Like when. We were on the counter, but even in mm. possession, I feel like we were always looking like a little bit more like we're about to create, you know, like a clear cut chance that had a lot of possession, obviously, like the last 20 minutes or so. Um, but it like it was never really um, they weren't like slicing us open like I thought they were going to, mm. uh, you know, playing such a high line. I thought that, you know, they were going to have a hell of a lot of chances, but we we did really well today, I think. Um Arsenal are my sort of general loser to kickstart our losers because, yeah, just not as good as I thought they were, much to my um, enormous pleasure. Um, Tom, who was you, your loser from the day? Uh, I mean, I mentioned Saka. Like, yeah, there was there were a load of Arsenal losers. The only thing I would say is the well, the referee was, was sort of frustrating at times. Bissouma and Saar getting those two yellows together – that was uh, tough, yeah. Uh, yeah, and Dogi, shout to Dogi because uh, we didn't mention him. He had a really, despite being on a yellow for nearly the whole game, I thought he was really good and really. What a game for him to come through, by the way, because I, mm. you know, there are so many ways in which that could have gone really south for him. You know, I he could have got we, sent off. He could yeah. have got, you know, Saka could have really kept going at him and prompted a mistake. Like for him to just kind of improve as it went on I thought was I think would be massive for his development yeah um definitely and for yeah for him Saar and Basuma none of them to get that second yellow was really amazing I thought my only it's not a loser as such but my one sort of negative maybe is that I wish like we we miss Bentoncourt I thought a lot um and I think Saar and Basuma were maybe you know they were under it and they were also sort of sort of held back by those yellows maybe as well but there we could have done with something a bit more in sort of kind of incisive in midfield and and you know 
we know how good Bentacore is. I can't I can't wait to have him back. So I think he would have been really important today, and I think we probably we could have won it if we'd had him as well. Mm. Um, Kate, was it a rough day for our subs in general? You know, I think the concern a lot of us have is that the drop off, perhaps from you know the sort of starting eleven to who you can bring on, particularly with Benton Cohen not back yet, particularly with you know a couple of injuries, Perisic obviously now too. I know Mana Solomon has not yet won himself a place in your heart. Uh, I don't imagine he did an awful lot to change that today. I. Honestly, I was trying to think of who the subs were other than Hoybier. Um Richarlison. Richarlison. Okay, yeah. clearly I um wasn't wasn't Richarlison's most memorable no. He did nothing apart from that shot at the very yeah. end, the last thing he did, and he possibly should have should have uh, scored it really. Well, I it think was... if, if Perisic is coming off the bench instead of Solomon, Richarlison scores the winner. That's me in my hypothetical world. In my dream world. Yeah. I Solomon, based on vibes, I'm just not a fan. Um I don't have anything to back that up. He just I don't know. He looks kind of like a cartoon character to me. Um I'm just not a fan. Um I didn't I mean a lot of cartoon anything. characters are like endearing and cute no. and fun, but we're talking about like a creepy one, are we here? I, I wouldn't say like creepy, but just like as a kid growing up, I was never like the biggest like cartoon watcher because I thought they were like too childish like you know I was like an eight-year-old um and it was just like I don't know but he also just didn't do anything impressive today he hasn't impressed me much in previous games either um I do think with Richarlison he received a lot of balls at like the 20-yard line or 18 I don't he like with a right within the box um I know what I'm talking about but he with his back to the goal and I think he would try to turn and then just not able to do anything, get anything off. Um, so it was just unfortunate. Um, mm, it Beer, wasn't sticking. Yeah, it wasn't no. sticking for him. And then Hoybier, like, it's just hard when you try to replace Madison with Hoybier. Like, it's just not the same player. I don't think Hoybier isn't meant to be, like, an attacking mid. No. I don't think. And it, it's just unfortunate. Um, I will say I think Pedro Poro st- stepped up really well. When Madison went off, I think he tried to get a lot of stuff started. Started, um, but it was just—I definitely think like the energy levels in general dropped. We did Madison look. We looked exhausted, didn't we? Right mm. at the end of the game, and like you said, Hoybier didn't do much to kind of lift energy levels at all. Um, no, it's where you need Benzikor or something. And yeah, Richarlison did nothing when he came on either. Um, okay, give me a loser then. You're on a roll. Um. This has nothing to do with us. I mean, maybe kind of Pochettino is my loser of the day. Um, loser every day. Like, it's sad. Almost. No, it would be sad if I cared about him anymore, but I don't. Um, like, the thing is, is like, inj- the, he, they do have a lot of injuries. Chelsea does. Um, but I just don't know what they're doing. And like, the thing is, he like burned every bridge with Tottenham by going there. And I know it's like, oh, well, we didn't offer him like anything. But still, yeah, I think there's no way he would ever come back after going to Chelsea. I wouldn't want him back. I also forgot how crazy he was with the whole Lemons thing. Um, <laughs> like I knew 
like now that I remember, obviously I'm like, wow, he was kind of psycho as most football coaches are, but he's really out there. That was a real, like, when you sort of think back to previous relationships and you're like, oh yeah, I just kind of went along with that. That was yeah. like, she was really hot. So I just sort of like, that was okay, apparently. And then Jesus Christ, like, yeah, we're going buying special lemons every week. And yeah, I, I, am I feeling sorry for him? No, not in the slightest, like not in the slightest. I think my only concern is that he's going to be fired before November or whatever it is when they come to us. Cause I just want to like, I want to boo that guy so badly. Like I really want to just like boo really hard because fuck him and Chelsea. Oh, still just like, I just see pictures of him in like Chelsea gear. And I'm like, what are, you, what are you doing? Like, how dare you sort of desecrate like Amsterdam and all like, oh, but this, really- is, this is what happens. Karma is taken over. I have a really funny story. My best friend doesn't watch soccer at all but like she absorbs everything I tell her about Tottenham and whatever and she met it was like her sister's friend who's like apparently a Chelsea fan and um, he asked her if she watched and she was like yeah like I'm a fan of Tottenham and was able to like spout off all this like BS about how just based off what I've told her like we're building something really big here like I think we can go all the way this year and like he was totally like flabbergasted and then he was like yeah no Chelsea's not doing so great and it was I'm like so proud of her like she came through to humble a Chelsea fan and it meant <laughs> the world to me good friends you know you need to keep these people close that's important um good I'm glad we managed to get a few um completely petty shots at Mauricio Pochettino in even on a day where we're pretty delighted with our own shit um that's what this podcast is all about Sam your loser please um yeah I can't really pick out any of the squad I think just yeah, stoked with that performance. But um, a Sunday game for me is a big loser. We've had all Saturdays until now, mm. and I go to work tomorrow, man. I need I need like a day to process it. But then also having the North London derby on a Sunday, which I know it is, you know, vast majority of the time, is that it ruins your Saturday as well. Yeah. So my loser is yeah Sunday games. I think it it totally ruins uh, ruins the weekend and and. <laughs> a game like that on on a Saturday when you're thinking about it all day um and yeah I mean I'm, I'm there's too many winners today in the team I think for there to be yeah an out and out loser for me um was it nice to have the day off from taking 5,000 photos of crazy Spurs fans though so uh I really enjoy it so I, it wasn't like relief or anything I was trying to take some pictures at the pub um for, for the fighting cock guys um but it was like quite dark so it was really hard to sort of get a feel for it and then when the goals went in it was just like way too limsy to mm. try and capture anything I'm, i don't even know if my camera is going to survive i think that was about three pints of beer that went through the lens so we'll um we'll check on that tomorrow but um yeah nice to have a little time off maybe yeah back for liverpool next week though right oh yeah oh yeah um, we'll get on to Liverpool in a minute. Um, but that I think is Arsenal covered. Well done, everyone. I enjoyed that. Um, I'm just so happy. Like, I'm so, so thrilled we didn't lose. Like, it's so nice to be coming out of the Emirates, like, still unbeaten. What a, what a nice feeling to go into the week. Tom and I work with so many Arsenal fans as well. That, um, so many, and they were so smug last week. Oh, Arsenal God. fans in my office were not remotely worried, and I was like. I don't know, man. We're playing, we're playing quite well, you know, but we don't have a good record at your place. So, you know, 
I don't know, it could go either way. And they're like just smugly looking at me like they were certain they were going to win, I swear. It's um, it's their overconfidence that is always the best thing in the end, isn't it? It's like last season. Like, you know, it's annoying at the time. And then when the thing happens, it's incredible. Um, and the thing happened, my guys. The thing happened and we did not... thing didn't happen to us. Um, right. Kate. It's now time for you to answer the questions that we ask everyone when they make their hometown glory debut. Um, these are our sort of getting to know our new hometown glory family member questions um, to give us a bit more of a picture into you and why you ended up with this basket case football club, um, which leads us nicely into question one. Your Spurs origin story. How did you end up supporting Tottenham from Illinois in the United States of America? So the like truthfully i don't really know how i ended up picking tottenham um i will say my dad's from minnesota my mom's from illinois which historically all very unlucky sports teams um so like all the chicago teams as like my family like supports the cubs like the baseball team which will have like a you know like 108 year drought for the world series um i don't care much about baseball like but that was still exciting when we won minnesota is just like again like embarrassingly funnily bad like just it's stuff you like roll your eyes at because you can't even like you just expect like bad things to happen to us um but i played soccer growing up i played soccer all through high school and everything in 2015 but i only ever really watched like the u.s women's team or like the nwsl um, in 2015, my dad went to England for, um, he works in like university academics and he went over with like an exchange group. Um, and he got to see, I don't, he ended up watching like, um, a league one promotion game and at Wembley, I think. And he said it was like the best like sporting environment he's ever been in. Um, and so when he came back, like, he just kind of started watching the Premier League and he never really chose a team, but it was just something that would be on like every Saturday and Sunday. Um, and it ended up like he now is like convinced that like he would rather watch a day of the Premier League rather than like a day of the MLB or NFL, which is crazy because like he didn't grow up playing soccer, like no one in our family watches soccer. Um, but just through him having it on all the time, I ended up choosing Tottenham, but I genuinely could not tell you why or how. I like Terry Kane. That's probably it. Um, <laughs> but so I like started like casually following Tottenham in like 2016, 2017. Um, and then I will say, I don't remember much of like my high school years just cause I try to block that out of my mind. And so I don't remember much of anything that happened then, but yeah. Um, 2018, 2019 was my senior year of high school. And so like, I remember it would be like, I had like my phone for like during like graduation rehearsal, like playing one of the champions league games. And like, that was really big. And so, <laughs> so like, I always associate that with like a crazy time of my life too. Um, but yeah, now I'm like, I like live and breathe Tottenham. And it's just like, everybody asks me why. And I'm like, I don't really know. It's just what happened. Do you, um, do you ever regret it? No, because <laughs> like, I like, I look back and I'm like, I, I only know how to support, teams that struggle yeah and i don't think like i can't imagine choosing a different team 
and now it's totally biased because I'm all Tottenham, but like, I feel like I, the only fans of teams I really know, I know a lot of city supporters and I know a lot of Chelsea, Chelsea supporters. And to me, those are two huge bandwagon teams. Mm. And like, I'm not saying like, that's like bad. Like, I'm glad that more people in the U S are watching in the premier league and everything, but like, I just can't imagine supporting anyone else. Yeah. Um, nice story. We're delighted to have you, even if it makes absolutely no sense. Um, and I'm sort of want to apologize almost that you, <laughs> you ended up with us, but we're, you know, we're absolutely beyond delighted that you did. Um, give me a favorite Spurs player, your all time Spurs player, Kate. Delhi. Like really? I, I love him and I like want nothing but the best for him now. And clearly with like his interview that came out this summer, like I truly, truly like want nothing but the best for him because before that interview came out, I was like, we need to bring him home, like bring him home right now. And I had this huge before the summer happened in general, I had this huge like dream to do list that included Pochettino coming back and this huge deli like remontada and clearly a lot of that has changed, but I just, I love him. I think he's spectacular. I hope he, he's like doing better now, you know, um, yeah. but he just brought me like a lot of good memories um, from when I first started watching. And I just think he's great. I was convinced you were going to say Kane. Is that like a, is that a recency bias thing? Or? It could be. Um, and I will always like, hold Kane highly um but I think he did what he was expected to do and like nothing more and he yeah he was like the face of the club but as, and especially by the end and this is definitely like recency bias but he never cared that much like he cared when it mattered to him and like when it mattered to his own accolades but especially by the end, like there's so much more he could have done or said or like tried to make any sort of like whatever angle angle you look at it. Like he could have tried to, to like connect with the fans more. He could have used his leadership position and stepped up because if we truly didn't care about winning, why not as one of the leaders in the locker room, you say anything. I think there are like a lot of different angles where you could look at him and say you could have done more. Um, clearly obviously he scored a bunch of goals and that's great and like I'll never forget like some of the craziest games like that I'll always remember watching were games I didn't even watch like I had to follow through Twitter or whatever like I was driving to Wisconsin the day of the 3-2 win against City in like February of 2022 and I was like trying to watch it on my phone um, but we were also like listening to an Illini basketball game on at the same time. And my grandparents were in the car with us. So that took priority over me listening to the game on my phone. But like, that was just crazy. And so like, I'll always remember like his special moments, but I think to Tottenham, like when I think of Tottenham, I don't really think of him. Um, like I would think That's of Sonia Delhi. Yeah. That's interesting. It's um, I think we've all been having this sort of weird cocktail of Kane emotions right because I mean it's a shame Rose is not on because she is still like hardwired that kind of Kane equals Tottenham Tom I don't feel like we've gone into this with you much where where are you with Harry at the minute 
don't really care. Like, you know, <laughs> I, I, good, good. I, honestly, I don't because I know those quotes came out or the, the the buyback thing came out from from Daniel Levy at the fan fan forum. But like, who cares? Like, it's it, he's going to be at Bayern two seasons, surely at least, and like. Who knows what position we'll be in, whether we want him back, how mm. long he's going to like play for. You know, great. I'm, on, I'm totally, we, we, you know, we know I, I like I, the minute people leave, I don't really care. This, it was the same with Poch, to be honest. Like, let's, mm. we, we move on. Think, you know, maybe if, if the football, if things were going badly with Ange right now, I might be yearning for Kane, but they're not. So who cares? We moved yeah. on. The only slight thing I did have, I was talking to my wife about it earlier, was she said she, it was her and she's got no, hardly any interest in football. But she did say like, yeah, but what about if Kane was playing Ange Ball? And even she sort of got that. And I was like, yeah, okay, maybe. But whatever. We, we, you know, we've, we've done well. We're doing well. So yeah, I don't even care that he scored a hat-trick against like some German minnows or something, right? Some the whipping boys of the Bundesliga. A team they've beaten by seven clear goals for three seasons in a row, apparently. So whatever, like beaten by eight goals and then we'll talk, but he's clearly not even improving them. Um, I was wondering about this because like, yeah, obviously you can talk about the idea that, you know, if Kane was the one being presented with all these chances that this, this style of football creates then he'd have you know he'd have 15 goals by now whatever but I just felt like the vibe would just be so different like it just wouldn't feel the same and I don't think players like Sonny would have stepped up the way he has and Madison wouldn't become like the mayor of Tottenham like he has and all of these things that have happened that are so like heartwarming and I think have got so many of us better engaged with the club than we have in a long time it was the right it's, time, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, like, it was the it right had, time. And it's it crazy to, to talk about like it needing the club's sort of, you know, potentially greatest ever footballer to leave for us to all kind of fall back in love with the club. But it's weird. That's almost kind of what's happened with so many. Sam, what do you fall into that camp? Yeah, 100%. I think that in order to do the full reset that Ange needed to do, um, Payne had to go, which like broke my heart. But um it's worked out for the best i I don't think the vibes would be anywhere near what they're like um now and we wouldn't feel like the this sort of like excitement of being the underdog and Mm. like this fresh young uh yeah like exciting um ruthless and and hungry and bullside um i don't think it would come with him leading the line to press but yeah, we'll see what happens in the future. I, I personally think the um, the buyback clause is a bit of a joke. I don't think he'll ever come back. Um, not with, it feels like there's a lot of angst towards Levy. I just think that he'll go on to like stat pad at like, I don't know, a Man City or Man United and try and just get an easy Premier League title when when he decides to to come home opposed to trying to finish this um, fairy tale job at, at Tottenham. I can't really see it myself. Mm-hmm. I'm fine with it not being that way. Um, good. That's Harry Kane sorted. Don't have to worry about that guy ever again. I'm pleased we uh, we had that conversation. Um, uh, right. Your favourite, this is probably my favourite question. Your favourite terrible Spurs player, um, or, you know, like the cult hero that you kind of know you shouldn't love or that everyone else was like really down on or, you know, just had the vibe. You're obviously big on vibes, Kate. Who Who's that guy for you? This is like 
the worst question because it just like it reflects poorly on me i think i will say everybody says lamella like when i think of a cult hero i think of lamella yeah um, so many people s- have answered this question with lamella, yeah, yeah i'm not gonna go with that as my final answer i think harry winks is gonna be my final answer oh <laughs> which is just like so weird um and i'm glad he's doing so well at lester which is great because we're doing well with james madison he's finally getting like recognition i think he deserves um but i just i always thought he was kind of like just like a little homely like i don't know homegrown player um he scored those two like shot crosses that were just like super random and not at all on purpose and i (laughs) when i played soccer when i played in high school i was able to do that all the time and like that was the only way i could score goals and so i just felt like a kinship with him about that um but i just i enjoyed his career it's unfortunate that you know he fell off and like injuries and everything but i just loved it and i loved that he got to start all the way through the champions league um up until the final i just thought that was great and you know it's everyone's like reflects on that and looks back like how did we even make it there with you know him and Sissoko like starting but I don't know I just think he had a good attitude the whole time and I just appreciated that okay we can accept that that's good um I like that a lot Harry Winks never gets any props particularly from this podcast so we'll um we'll enjoy a little moment to enjoy Harry um your match day ritual. I think we've kind of covered this, right? You just roll out of bed sort yeah. of five minutes after the game started and there you go. That's it. It really is. Okay, I- good. All right, we'll move on to the next one. Um, or you have to sort of listen in the car with your grandparents. Um, your favourite Spurs shirt? Um, I had to think about this, but I loved um, the 2016-2017 away kit with, it was like the navy with like the gold stripes okay the sleeves. so the, an under armor one yeah um i also really liked the 2020 2021 away kit it was like the green i thought that was sharp um yeah i've got that green the green's very nice yeah the, i wore i wore that green? to the cafe we'll yeah we'll like the little green. a little flash of pink had all yeah, yeah. I thought that was stuff really going sharp. on and then of course this year's away kit too i think is really really sharp lovely color mm-hmm. i love kits with collars um give me your spurs heaven and your spurs hell so this doesn't have to be a specific game it can be a period it can be the signing of a player something to do with the manager anything at all and obviously works in reverse for the hell what has brought you the most pain as a spurs fan i think my spurs heaven honestly the spring of 2022 i just really enjoyed when conte was doing great things like it was he really turned stuff around for that like Mm-hmm. two or three month period um kulusevsky was in great form and i i love that guy um i just thought that was a really fun period and um that north london derby was super super fun um in may that may um mm-hmm. yeah, that was probably now. my heaven um but my hell honestly probably last the entirety of last year um also when Delhi left was that was just like heartbreaking like end of January for me um but that was also like it just kind of like added on to an already rough time I was having in life and it was just like I don't want to do this anymore but I don't know I just the thing is I enjoy 
like I would still be up last year um at like 6 30 to watch gangs like even if I knew it was going to be like we'd concede two goals like really early and then try to um like you would nothing would be happening and I would still wake up and watch the entirety of that just because like I don't know it always gives me something to look forward to um it's just like something I really cherish and enjoy and I my grandpa actually who didn't watch soccer like calls me after every game and so that's just like a connection I have with him and like something that brings us together so even when things sucked like I still found joy in it so that's a lovely answer. Very nice indeed. Um, and the last one, where are you with Spurs right now? Optimistic, negative, somewhere in between? I'm super optimistic. Like, I think I think everything that needed to happen today happened. I think, like, to be able to come away from today and say, okay, their goals were unlucky, like, that's huge. And I, mm. and I was optimistic going into today, and I wasn't even expecting it to be, like, that impressive. Um so I'm just super optimistic. I'm looking forward. Like every week is like dreadful because I'm like, I'm just trying to wait till the weekend to see them again. So yeah. this is stuff we like. This is stuff we like. Excellent. Thank you very much. There's your seven questions. Um, another question for the group now, Liverpool predictions. We've got Liverpool on the weekend. They've not lost in the league for like 17 or something. I was very much excited about the idea that Liverpool were sort of done Turns out they're not done. They're kind of like got this massive second wind and he's brought all these really impressive midfielders and they all suddenly are clicking. It's going to be a really good game. I mean, hopefully Madison's okay. I know he mentioned bringing Sonny off as a precaution as well. So fingers crossed everyone comes through the week. I suppose this is where the benefit of having a game a week really helps because they can just sort of nurse these players through. Johnson um, as well, right? Johnson. Yeah, that might be more of a serious one because that was like a non-contact sort of hammy thing, wasn't it? Right. So, um, yeah, not not particularly great on the injury front potentially after today, but let's keep the good vibes going. Give me some predictions, um, Sam. Prediction for Liverpool. Feeling good. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say we're gonna win three one. Three one. Wow. Yeah. Um. Okay, good. Who, give me some scorers. I want some scorers as well. Scorers, obviously, our captain, uh, Sonny. Uh, I think Romero redeems himself, gets on the score sheet as well. And uh, I'd like to see a Basuma goal. He's not scored one yet, has he? So I think we'll get a nice little dance or something if he uh, if he bags one. Um, I thought weird, yeah. just going back to Arsenal, slightly weird performance from Basuma today in that first half I thought he looked a little sort of tense, almost like too chilled out. And then second half, it's like, I, I reckon Ange had a word with him and he was imperious second half, I thought. Yeah, he pulled it together, didn't he? It's, yeah. it's funny because like, before the, the game, I was like, he's going to be the man of the match, no doubt, because he always goes there and makes an absolute mockery of them. <laughs> um, but he, he did pull it together. I was, I was pretty mm-hmm. concerned the first half, like you said, it felt like he was... A little bit of sleep or like yeah i thought he was going to cruise through it but uh mm. all together luckily okay three one sam um tom prediction i mean it's going to be really open isn't it probably even more open than today uh than the arsenal match like it's good that they want that liverpool play football are gonna leave you know leave space unlike say sheffield united which was an incredibly frustrating game as they kind of had 11 men in the box a lot of the time 
slightly um, annoying that they then go and lose 8-0 in the next game. Which, yeah, no, that, that does that take really away annoying. from our... <laughs> do you know, no, but do you know what the sweetest thing is that their annoying manager will get sacked tomorrow probably, right? Um, and his moaning after that, after the game you know, last week was just ridiculous. So hecking bottom, hopefully, hopefully he goes tomorrow. Him sort of moaning about the ref after that game was absurd, the amount of time wasting that Sheffield United did. Um, yeah, that was really frustrating. Whereas that the Saturday 5.30 kickoff is going to be fun. It's Saturday at White Hart Lane in person. Like, yeah, that's going to be so much fun. Loads of time. Hey, that's almost like brunch for you. This is fun. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, great. do I get to sleep in now? It's exciting. <laughs> Tons of time for beers. I'm going to say 3-2 and I'm going to say maybe if Brennan's injured, Richarlison starts because he probably, you know, it was, I know he's an amazing impact player, but he couldn't have done more against Sheffield United to mm. earn a start, you know, so. And you would like a... to think Liverpool's a good game for him yeah. as an Everton hero, yeah. Exactly. Give him a start and I think he'll be on the score sheet. I was I was thinking about this when I was uh, just making notes for tonight and I, I had completely, I mean, it's interesting, we've spoken a bit tonight about kind of blocking memories, but that Liverpool game last season, the... Four three. I had like totally banished that from my mind, like completely and utterly, to the point where I think so I was talking to my chaos. brother about. People said today's game was chaos, but yeah, that, that was, was chaos. Like chaos, yeah. When I mentioned to my brother about we were talking whether or not Richarlison should start, I said, "Oh, you know, he's finally got his first league goal." He said, "No, he scored at Anfield last season." I was like, "What? No, he didn't." What are you talking about? And then it kind of all came back, and I was like, "Oh my god!" And even like. At that stage of the season when we were playing for like nothing, we were such a sort of, you know, oh, wow, we might get a conference league spot at best. But like just we were just so ridiculous, weren't we? Like what a ridiculous club we were last season. Um, Even the home leg, though, with that was the the famous dire pass back with his head to, to Salah. Um, yeah, this is the thing. Like if we, yeah, if we cut this shit out, then would be potentially fine, I guess. Um, So, Tom, what was your prediction, sorry? Sorry, uh, I did say 3-2, I'm going to say. 3-2. Oh, wow. These are some thrilling contests we're predicting here. Kate, score? I think a 2-1 win. Um, I don't know. I'm feeling pretty confident after today. Um, I haven't watched Liverpool at all this season, um, so I'm not... I'm going in with an open mind. I'm hoping for the best. I hope... Uh, Kulusevsky scores I want to see him keep improving I think he did great today um, I think he gets a lot of stick that he doesn't really deserve um, I thought but, he really stepped up today I yeah. thought it was a really kind of mature I'm going to kind of take ownership I'm going to look after the ball I know he gave the ball away that led to the first goal but like minutes later so I'm not going to blame him for that but I thought second half particularly he did really well and was very strong in possession so yeah seems like he's getting better and better with each game to me yeah, so hopefully Decky and um, I'll say Richarlison just because, again, I want nothing but the best for him. I love that guy. So Yeah, okay. I was going to say 2-2 again, but you guys have completely like convinced me otherwise. 4-2 Spurs, I reckon. I think this is going to be like the proper sort of liftoff game for Ball. I think this is where we really, really like wipe the floor with someone exceptionally good. Um, and it all just comes together perfectly. Um, so yeah, I look forward to a round of victories that we've all predicted. And never ever has it kind of backfired on this podcast when we've all predicted handsome victories. So 
nothing to nothing to concern ourselves with that. Um, let's talk culture, guys, to round up. Um, I want your culture picks, Sam. What have you been watching, listening to, enjoying this week? Um, just listening. Actually, I'm I'm still on my top boy train, but I've spoken about it like the last few weeks, so I'm not going to speak about it today. Uh, listening, one of my favorite bands in the world uh, released a new record two days ago. Um, I gave it first spin today. I'm loving it. So the band is uh, Slaughter Beach Dog. They're not as scary as they sound. Um, and the record is crying, laughing, waving, smiling. Um, I'm a big... Uh, no, big that's just a collection big, of words you've just said that yeah. don't belong together. <laughs> I know. Um, but yeah, sorry. Uh, I'm a big softy, big emo and sad boy at heart. And this is like, um, yeah, like a really sort of mellow emo record like very easy listening but it's like everything that i love uh, to listen to so yeah give it a go it's slaughter beach dog um crying laughing waving smiling good stuff thanks mate um tom yours i'm gonna have a listen to that sam i just added it to my uh apple music library uh so yeah i'll give that a go uh i was gonna shout out the those new Sampha tracks are so good um, there's a second new one from the album, which is called Only, which I think is with uh, El Guincho, who's produced a load of Rosalia's stuff. So it's almost got a pop-leaning thing, which for Sampha is uh, is good. It's not quite the sort of very sad Sampha stuff that we know. Uh, and also Nux, that Nux track, Nux, um, Kenny Beats and mm. Larry June, amazing track called, oh God, what's it called? Literally just forgotten. Um Anyway, it's amazing. I'll uh, we'll add that. I'll tweet it or something. Um, it's called I Suppose. That's what it's called. UK rapper Larry June, US, and Kenny Beats is obviously amazing. And then just yeah, if you rem- can remember your ITVX login. So okay, we all know Love Island. They launched this show called My Mum, Your Dad, right? And the Kate, it's clearly going to come to the states soon if it's not already. You've launched. been talking about this tons, and I keep meaning to like dig oh, in a bit. Deeper. I don't mean, you know, I don't watch Love Island. I, I, you know, I watch. I'm more of a below deck man, as we as discussed <laughs> on this on the podcast before. Anyway, the concept is ten single mums and dads who are like in their fifties and sixties, and the the they go into a house and kind of see if they find connections. But the twist is that the, their kids, one of each of their kids are watching and kind of dis- helping to decide who they go on dates with and whether they're like they watch it all on cameras and it's not like it's not super what's the word it's not really harsh and hor- like there's no I don't know there's no like dark side to it there's the, the, these the older people are lovely and then the kids have this camaraderie where like they're trying to match make their parents Anyway, my and even my mum, your dad is a great title. It's but a yeah, great title. It's a great. I wonder title. if I could get my mum on it as well. Maybe second series. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, they're like and the, the stories of the parents and how they've been heartbroken and stuff is oh. it's really cute. And then the kids somehow get on really well. Anyway, the, my mum, your dad. It's on ITVX. If you can remember your password for that. No, is the answer, but I will. Sorry. I will find it somewhere. Um, <laughs> all right, I'll do mine quickly. Um, I finally gave the new Mitski album a good go last week. Uh, the land is inhospitable and so are we. Um, there's a song on that called Star, which I like imagined someone doing a sort of Harry Kane goals farewell video to and kind of went full Sam Emo for like 
half an hour on Friday afternoon. So I can't listen to that anymore. It's too much. Um, we watched um, No Hard Feelings with Jennifer Lawrence um, last night, which is this sort of like really silly kind of knockabout comedy where she um, it's in Montauk, which is always like a fun place visually to like visit cinematically because it's so beautiful she's like this sort of um kind of slightly messed up girl who answers and adds to um from these parents concerned about their socially inept son who's about to go to college and they basically want someone to like take his virginity and sort him out ahead of college so it's like a completely ludicrous concept um and yeah she's great so it's not like a talking to win the oscars but as a sort of saturday night silly film to watch recommend and there's another movie out called flora and son on apple tv plus which is out this friday starring eve hewson um bono's daughter who was in bad sisters um it's by john carney it's his first film since sing street uh, i don't know if anyone's watched sing street but it's so much fun um irish sort of um school set musical just tons and tons of fun fun with brilliant songs this is also very musical um she plays a single mum uh, who sort of learns the guitar to try and connect with her sort of tear away or not tear away, like her troubled son, basically. Um, and she's brilliant. And I think similarly to what I was just saying about Jennifer Lawrence, like Eve, Eve Houston, I think is going to be really, really big. I think she's, she's was like stole the show in bad sisters, in my opinion. And I think this is a good vehicle for her talent. So that's on Apple TV plus this week. Um, watch that. Right. Kate. You're up now. Your first ever culture picks. Um, I don't like watch TV or anything outside of sports. I just don't have time. But um, Zach Bryan, he's a country singer. He released, he dropped a new EP on Friday, I think. But it's fantastic. I love everything he puts out. He's got a song featuring Noah Khan and a song featuring Bonnie Vare. Um, the EP's titled uh, Boys of Faith. I just think it's great. Okay. Good choice. I don't countries like the real as well, right? Yeah, it's like endless my, releases my, from him. My LA based workmates are upset, like they love him. Well, Na- LA and Nashville, like the we I work with people there, they love him. And that I love that track with Casey Musgraves that came out mm-hmm. on the album a little while ago, really nice. Yeah, and I wouldn't say he's like I like the country I listen to is very, very much more like folky rather than like the stuff you would hear on the radio. Um. I also like to say that like pre 9-11 country is much better than like post 9-11 because then it's all like super patriotic and like not up my alley. But I think country music's like way more working class than people think it is and they don't realize that. So that's my okay. take on it. We um we've not delved too deep into a uh, country on Hometown Glory, so maybe you can you can help guide us, give us a bit of a sort of blind spot tour of uh of country we look forward to that and coming appearances and we really do hope you'll be back soon kate because that was a true pleasure having you on for your first time um thank you so much for joining us you were brilliant um and sam tom of course you guys were too thank you so much all for joining us um for this really what a relief that this was a nice chat i was like not dreading having to do this tonight this morning but i really was like okay kate's coming on She's been brave. She's coming on after a North London derby. If it's gone bad, they're going to have to like generate some positivity from somewhere. Didn't have to. Easy peasy. That was so much fun. Spurs are fun. 
we're all having a great time um like i said kate sam tom thank you so much for your company um this has been episode 10 of season three of hometown glory thank you very much for listening Up the Spurs. Mm-hmm.